This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. Get $75 off your first order by going to molecule.com, that's M O L E K U L E.com, and use the promo code FOOL75. It's Tuesday, January 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Canada, Mr. Taylor Muckerman. Thanks for being here. Yeah, great to see you, man. Um, we've got a couple of things to get to, mm-hmm. including the ripple effects of the Academy Award nominations, which came out this morning. We got to start though with the stock of the day, and <laughs> and this is a reminder that you don't have to be going up to be the stock of the day. <laughs> no, you do not. Most likely, you're not going up <laughs> in this case. In this market, yeah. It's Arconic, which is the maker of aluminum parts that was spun out of Alcoa. Mm-hmm. Shares of Arconic, now they're down about 16%. Earlier, they were down about 25% because the board of directors said that the company is no longer for sale. Yeah. And it had been for sale, and Apollo had ponied up somewhere north of $10 billion to buy them. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the board has pulled the plug on this has a bunch of investors saying, no, we're out. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story. So this company was like you mentioned spun out of Alcoa. It was like the darling of the of the deal when they when they split the aluminum producer and then the parts producer, which is Arconic, out and because uh, it has exposure to the aerospace, commercial transport, um, and the oil and gas market. So it, it, investors were really excited about this company. And, and then in 2017, um, their cladding business pr- provided aluminum parts for a, a building in England that caught fire, and they didn't perform as well as they should have. And so that's kind of been an overhang um, for this business since 2017. And as early as August of last year, Reuters came out with a story saying that they're going to put the cladding business up for sale, potentially the whole business. And and that's what ended up happening. And even as early as, uh, or as late as earlier this month, this company was definitely for sale. They were going to go for $22 for Apollo Global. Now this morning, that the management team and the board came out and said that they don't believe that they've received any offers that justify the value of this company for shareholders. And so now shareholders are are really filling the pinch with shares down as much as twenty five percent or more in trading today. So the stock is just under seventeen dollars a share. By my calculations, this puts it at a thirty year low. Yeah. So so. I mean, <laughs> love speechless on this. I, I, I kind of am because, yeah. on the one hand, uh, I, I sort of think, well, wait a minute, this is this is a, a someone's going to pay for this business, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if the 30 year low seems like a buying opportunity, or if anyone who's looking at this yep. should wait until I don't know some more information comes out of the board of directors because. I will say that it's pretty unsettling mm-hmm. to see a reversal like this. Yes, and I'm I'm not a shareholder, but just any time you have, and and maybe that's part of the reaction that we're seeing with the stock today mm-hmm. is because there wasn't really any indication that anything other than a sale was going to happen, and for them to just completely pull the plug yeah. and and not even say no, we think it's worth more than that or we're saying no to this offer but we're still open to negotiation mm-hmm. it was like no we're not for sale that's that's really throwing people for a loop yeah i think it kind of voices a lot of distrust from investors for management because they had multiple offers and up until they announced 
and said no. This was all but going through. And so I, I definitely think the sell off may be a little bit overdone. Distrust investors may be just like, you know what, we're out because now we just have no clue what the, what management is thinking. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, if you have exposure to oil and gas market right now, not the best place to be. Aerospace, um, you know, it, it's still a, a booming business, but not necessarily growing gangbusters. So it seemed like this might have been a great deal for the investors. And now they're just like, who knows what's going to happen? This won't be the last investors hear about Arconic and a potential sale moving forward. Um, so, if I was considering, I would definitely still, you know, pump the brakes a little bit before jumping in and wait to see what else comes out of this before buying shares. Let's move on to the restaurant industry because. Um you and I were talking this morning, yeah. and we're, look, we're very early into earnings season, mm-hmm. and yet we're already seeing somewhere in the neighborhood of 50%, maybe even slightly more than that, of companies coming out uh, reporting missing on the top line. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out when we were chatting this morning, you got a bunch of restaurant companies yeah. that are ratcheting back their guidance. And that's probably for the better. I mean, I think I think as a general rule of thumb, you and I are both fans of under promise over deliver. We'd, Absolutely, we'd rather yeah. <laughs> see we'd rather see companies be a little bit more conservative with mm-hmm. their guidance. And yet, across the industry, we see all of these companies pulling back their guidance. Yep. But as you pointed out, we've also got some pretty well known names. That not only are they not really ratcheting back the guidance, mm-hmm. they're continuing to put up. They're almost immune to what's happening in the rest of the industry. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the the guidance being lowered and and some big big names. Apple, obviously, one of the biggest that we've heard. Uh, Samsung, Delta, Macy's, Kohl's, American Airlines, Constellation Brands, Ford, Stanley Black and Decker today down about fifteen percent after right. lowering guidance. Yeah, so, I should say it's not just the restaurant industry where the guidance yeah, is being ratcheted. It, it's all over the place, and yet you see fast casual and big restaurant brands um, and some with access to. Delivery, like you see, uh, Chipotle, Starbucks, Domino's, McDonald's. These companies grew their share price last year, and it looks like they're continuing to be aggressive moving forward. Domino's talking about doubling their revenue from the 2017 levels by 2025, adding 2,000 more stores. And so that business right there, granted, I think they're benefiting a little bit from Papa John's struggles, but I don't think that's Entirely why they're doing so well right now. Um, Chipotle up 50% um, in the market last year versus uh, the overall market, selling off considerably to end the year with the new CEO and his marketing background and that heightened focus there. Um, as a whole, when you look at Chipotle and its peers in fast casual, up 17% last year. So, one of the lone bright spots of the market. Um, and I think moving forward, the American Eater is continuing to eat. Um, Grubhub delivery service, that stock's doing pretty well. And, uh, when you contrast that with Blue Apron, obviously, that's a total source of investor uh, wealth destruction. Um, and that's the, the home eater cooking at home versus having food delivered to them and uh, just already pre-made. So, I think that we're kind of moving more and more in that direction of people just wanting that food ready for them when they want it. I'm glad you mentioned Grubhub, because it really does seem like we're at a point now where, if you own a restaurant stock or you're thinking about buying a restaurant mm-hmm. stock, one of the questions you absolutely need to ask as an investor is, what is this company's strategy when it comes to delivery? Absolutely. because they need to have one. And it's not to say 
it's the same answer for mm-hmm. everyone, but you know, in some cases, it does make sense yep. to partner with a Grubhub and and sort of outsource that. Um, others are sort of trying to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not that one size fits all. But if they don't have an answer to that, right. then th- that that goes on the negative side. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need Grubhub, but you do need delivery or at least some kind of mobile order ahead option where you can pick up. You look at companies like Brinker International that owns Chili's. Um, they performed very well last year, and Applebee's owner Dine Equity up thirty three percent last year. Both of these companies, you know, offering that call ahead or or text ahead or order ahead on your phone, come in, pick it up, and then take it right back to your house if you want to. So you're not necessarily forced to eat at the Restaurant or wait for that food to be prepared in your seat and then tip. So I think that those options are critical when you look at these restaurant stocks. I think maybe down the line, if restaurants don't prepare themselves properly, because you still have people coming in to eat, and then you get these people ordering, which opens your market up to a lot more people. Yeah, that's great. But if your kitchen and and staff aren't prepared, I think food quality could suffer. So I think you need to definitely be prepared to that on the staffing side, and and definitely keep your standards high, even though you're going to have this crazy influx of potential customers that aren't visiting and staying at your location. You're also seeing it show up more in marketing and advertising. Uh-huh. You know, a couple of the restaurant chains you just mentioned. I mean, their their television ads are promoting. The delivery aspect, for sure, and and the pickup aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Domino's calls it their fortressing strategy. They're kind of taking a page out of Starbucks playbook, where these two thousand stores aren't going to all be in new locations. They're looking to kind of add condensed locations where you just have closer pickup times or closer or shorter delivery times. So you're not going to see like. One city with one store. You're going to see a city with multiple stores in close proximity, so that everyone there can get their pizza in under, you know, just a few minutes, picking it up or having it delivered. Uh, one bit of restaurant news today that uh, is timely doesn't really tie in so much with this because uh, with this discussion mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's not a publicly traded company, but uh, Chick Fil A <laughs> okay. did announce that uh, despite the fact that uh, Atlanta is home to the Super Bowl yeah. and there is a Chick Fil A location in the stadium, mm-hmm. they will, in keeping with their long-standing practice, they will not be open. So anyone going to the Super Bowl who's hoping to get a little Chick Fil A, <laughs> sorry, they're not going to be open. Good they're, for them. They're not open on Sunday. Yeah, good for them. Stand your ground. Absolutely. Uh, quick thanks to Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. I should know because I stole one. Uh, <laughs> Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level, and it makes a real difference for asthma and allergy sufferers, helping them better cope with their conditions and significantly reducing their symptoms. Uh, one customer reportedly said after using Molecule in her home, she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Hmm. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't wait 15 years. Uh, when we got one of these devices at the office last spring, I just uh, came in here on the weekend and brought it to my home. It didn't take long. Oh, it made <laughs> such a difference. It was so much. Oh, it was just so much better. Uh, it's easy to use. It's got a clean and sleek design from the materials used on the device, like its sleek, solid aluminum shell, to a filter subscription service where filters regularly arrive on your doorstep when you need them. For $75 off your first order, Visit Molecule.com and enter the promo code FOOL75, that's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and use the promo code FOOL75. As I mentioned, the Academy Award nominations mm-hmm. came out this morning. As fans of movies, we look at this news through the lens of movies that we saw and enjoyed and maybe we're rooting for. 
as investors, we look at this news through the lens of investing, and it shakes out with Disney as a studio getting 16 nominations, Netflix getting 13 nominations, including its first ever nomination for Best Picture with Roma. Yep. Amazon Studios coming in with three. Um, so good. One more bit of good news for Disney and Netflix shareholders. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a one-two punch with these two companies. And when you look at Disney's uh, content spending, when you remove uh, sports, Netflix is almost right there with them. So it didn't take long for that company to catch up. And as you mentioned, Amazon getting a few bids, um, and they are nipping right on the heels of of Am- or of uh, Netflix. With that content spending, so ramping it up and and not spending just willy nilly. Apparently, they're they're making wide decisions on the directors, the cast, the the themes of these movies and shows. So um, very well done for these companies. And if you're a shareholder, it's absolutely what you want to see because without shows and movies for the subscribers to want to watch, what's the business really worth? And there absolutely is economic upside. I mean, we've seen the data year after year that films that get these nominations and win the Academy Awards, end up getting a boost at the box office. I should point out that Disney with 16 nominations, Netflix with 13. Netflix actually came in third. Fox Searchlight, as a studio, came in second with 15. And so, you look at Disney's acquisition of Fox. Fox Searchlight, 15 nominations, 20th Century Fox with five. So, really, the Disney properties coming in with the you know somewhere in the neighborhood of what what is that thirty six so um, uh, hopefully uh, I say this as a fan of movies and as a Disney shareholder hopefully they're just going to let the Fox Searchlight people keep just doing what they're doing and maybe not meddle too much because that that's a studio that has performed very well in terms of award season yeah and one thing I saw that kind of you know interested me a little bit was the projected additions of Hulu subscribers in 2018 are supposed to trump Netflix for the first time ever really? uh, and obviously Disney now owns a sizable stake of Hulu and you would imagine those those movies being rolled down uh, maybe strictly to Hulu subscribers so a uh, nice little bump there I think for the subscription business um, it, on top of Disney plus that will be coming out fairly it, soon it is going to be interesting to see what Disney does with Hulu and if three years from now we see some sort of merging of the Disney streaming app and Hulu, mm-hmm. or or if they're able to manage them yeah, separately I'm, and, and make them both grow. Definitely curious about that myself. I have no no predi- predictions, but uh, it will be interesting to see. Taylor Muckerman, thanks for being here. Yep, appreciate it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fooler. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.